Well, hello and welcome to The Wind Down. In this episode, we're talking about software licensing, what it means, how it can affect you, and what you need to do to make sure you're in compliance. So sit back and enjoy. Welcome to The Wind Down, an afternoon podcast where two techie blokes sit down over a bowl of wine and chat about what's happening in the world of tech. Enjoy while Scott and Nick open up about their week in technology. to the wind down. I'm Nick and this is Scott. Hello Scott. How are you? Good. Thank you Nick. Now importantly where are we? What are we drinking? We are in the Sofitel. It's a lovely uh, hotel right beside the International Convention Centre of which we are attending a function. Well we're not attending a function right now. We're actually, the wind down. Well that's, that's very true actually. We've, we've managed to play hooky for one session to run out and quickly record something. Oh, we could. It's only Mark Isles. We'll be fine. <laughs> I'm sure he'll forgive us. <laughs> <laughs> We've got people in there taking photos of the slides. And notes, fine. yes, very good. But this is, um, we, we try to get into the champagne room here. So the, the Sofitel's a lovely new, uh, new uh, hotel, uh, just in Darlinghawa, beside the uh, convention centre. Uh, on the third floor, there is a champagne room. Yeah, but it's not open yet. Is it's it? not open. I'm very depressed. It's too early. It's always, I always feel bad, you know, knocking on the door of a bar to let me in, even if it is four o'clock in the afternoon. But there you go. Yes, anyway. Cool. What are we drinking, Scott? Ah, so we actually found some lovely Shiraz. It's um, a cradle Shiraz from the Hilltops area of New South Wales. So it's a, it's a, it's yeah, it's a drink drink now sort of thing. I know they they say it'll last up to ten years on the bottle, but I generally think if you buy wine and it lasts ten years, you're probably doing it wrong. Yeah, no, um, absolutely. <laughs> it's um, it's not bad. Yeah, it's a it's a you know standard sort of house wine. Drink, you know, don't let it go too long, and it's um, as it says on the bottle, dark purple in color. Just dark purple in color. Now where's where's Hilltops? No, I'm asking. You. No, you're asking. Me. We were debating this because there's a few regions in New South Wales that actually classify as hilltops. So um, it's not clear to me which one this is from. Oh, it's from um, one of them. It's through. This is. It's a, this is a fairly commercial wine. It's through the Molly uh, Molly's Cradle um, distribution out of Brookvale. So um, now, yeah. Unlike wine that you can own and consume, software's a bit different. Well, isn't I, it? I would actually question that. I would say you rent wine. Yes, okay. Very good. It only lasts for about an hour and then it's gone. <laughs> yeah, good point. So you read wine. Software's different, right? Software is. And we decided today to talk about a remarkably exciting topic, Ooh, software licensing. Software licensing, yes. Okay, now, so the only thing is there's, there's, a, there's a few quirks and there's a lot of changes in this area, um, this part, a lot of changes in the industry around software licensing as well. We thought it'd be a good thing just to have a bit of a chat about it. Yeah, I think it's it's super important as well. Not not. Yeah, there's so many things hitting you as a business owner you need to be across. And software licensing is one of them. And I've seen too many business owners kind of ignore it or think it doesn't apply to them or think it's not a problem. And it kind of, it, it comes comes back to, you know, when you sign up for something, never reading the agreement. Uh, well, yes. And you go and buy a car. I'd actually say how many people read the agreement when they buy a car as well. Well, or, or the manual. Yeah, exactly. And, but funnily enough, when you buy a car, you're also signing up to a bunch of software licenses. You, actually, the, you are now, too. Software in the car. Um, same as like when I, I bought a dishwasher recently and it came with a, an open source agreement <laughs> attached to the back of it. Well, that, that's interesting when you talk about that. So software today, you don't just write a program in kind of a vacuum. Software is built on software, which is built on software, which is built on software. And so um, what, what happens is every piece of that software has a different license. And so, so what, we're, what we talk about when we talk about software licensing is not just the bit you buy, 
there's actually licenses all the way underneath it. But, so, but I've got an expectation though that if I buy some software of say ABC company, that yeah. they're going to manage all those other little bits that they use. You, you certainly hope so. This can catch people who go and build software themselves. Right. So people who build software themselves or or hire a, you know, an offshore developer to build something and try and project manage it, don't think about the fact that this software developer is going to use potentially hundreds of third-party components, mm. all of which have licenses and have implications. Mm. But that's the thing, though, that these days, the, if you write a bit of software and you need that to communicate to something on the internet, yep. you, that network layer that does the communication, you, you can either write that from scratch, in which case you've got to write it, test yeah, it, debug it, make sure it works, do you comply with the standards and all that sort of thing, or for free, you can take a module that's available to use, no charge, that actually works already. Well, it does for free. So, okay. A, a gnarly one. I think okay. You've got to be really careful. Um, you might think it's free. You might be able to get a copy of it for free. You might even be able to read the source code of it for free. But it right. Might, still might not be free. Okay. Well, let's, let's, let's come back to that. that that's that's interesting. Yeah. So I guess what what is a license? What is a, a software license? Okay. So you never own software. Um, so that's the first step. So that's that, the first yes. hurdle to get over is you will never, unless you've created it yourself, you never own software. You when, can attain a license to software, but you never own it. When, when I was a, a lot younger and bought my first bits of software, and in some respects also like movies and things like that, yep. I thought, oh, I own this now. And technically, no, you don't. So the, the first line of any end-user license agreement states, this software is licensed, not sold. Mm. That's the very first line. And to, to the average person, well, what does that really mean? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it means you don't own your software. Yes. And there are ways to breach that agreement, which means you won't have access to that software anymore. Mm. Okay. There's ways to breach that agreement so bad, you'll never have access to that software anymore, which means any data you stored with that software, you also don't have access to anymore. Well, that's interesting. So if you store your data using, a, 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 I'll say, a, um, an open source module or a, or a module freely available... Yep. Uh, and we'll clarify what that means soon, <laughs> yes. um, in a certain format that that module uses and you can't use it anymore going forward, then yeah, clearly you've got to go and convert your data into some other format that's understood. Yeah, which, is, which is potentially not possible. That's true too. Um, it could be encrypted. It could be, it could encrypted, be yeah. It could be all sorts of things. Okay. So you could use, for example, a very popular open source piece of software is called SQLite, um, mm. which is used for most file formats now. And SQLite allows the software writer to actually encrypt the data using a key of their choice. Okay. Now, it could be that you're using some software that uses SQLite where the software vendor has decided to encrypt the data. You've breached your license condition. They won't give you the key. That's and a worry. You can't crack that. Well, you, you can. Yeah. You take up yeah. the heat death of the universe type. Track yeah. it, so. Unless you get a nice little computer like the one you bought, in which case it'll take longer. <laughs> it'll take longer, yeah. I've, okay. I've, I've well, been building retro computers this weekend. Yes. So, yes, so but let's, but getting, I suppose, getting back into the, the more common elements of this, software today, you would either... Buy it outright as a, what we call a perpetual license, as in a license you don't have to renew every year or every month. Yep. Um, and you would probably pay maintenance on that to keep it up to date. Or there is some sort of a subscription or rental agreement in place. Yeah, and, and most software vendors are moving towards the subscription agreement. And there's a real commercial reason for it. They're not just trying to take money no, from you. No, no. Oh, actually, there's two. If you look at something like Office 365... There's a whole bunch of hosting done by Microsoft to make yeah. that software work. But even something else I use, I use a product called Camtasia by TechSmith. Okay. That's something I install on my own machine. They don't do any hosting for me. 
but they do an upgrade every year and their upgrade has some new features, it has some security fixes, it uses the latest processors. It's, so they're doing a whole bunch of work during the year. Mm -hmm. And if I subscribe to maintenance, I get that upgrade cheaper. And look, and this is, I think this is what Microsoft kicked off a while ago where they were losing ground to Google which was only available on subscription. Yeah. And because it was available on subscription, it was always the latest version that was available on the cloud. That, that evergreen thing's a, a real important thing. And the number of you know, organizations I've worked with, walked into historically which have incredibly dated technology, you're seeing that less and less and less now because people are running Office 365, they're running latest mm. version of Windows. There isn't this kind of huge, oh my God, it's really hard to upgrade. It's just no. something that just happens. But, uh, uh, if you look at the subscription model, you're getting paid a smaller amount every year, though. So over, say, 10 or 20 years, yep. you would make you know, a lot you know, a lot more. I mean, we, we, you know, we're aware of um, you know, uh, someone we know who actually uses a copy of um, Excel 2002 because it does what they need and they've had no need to upgrade it for their particular requirement. But having said that, it's now a 20-year-old bit of software, which they've bought once 20 years ago. They're properly licensed for it, but it was bought 20 years ago. And you think, gee, you know, if they're doing that, they're getting good value for money. Perhaps not the latest features, functions, and support, and all those other things. But it's 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 quite funny. Um, people used to say, you know, people only use 10% of Word or Excel. That's probably still true. Hmm. But everybody uses a different 10%. Um, they get a bit stuck when somebody sells them a new Ubuntu dashboardy spreadsheet using the database ah. itself, and it suddenly doesn't work. Or they send them an open XML spreadsheet, which doesn't work on Excel 2002. Yeah, that's There's, true too. Yeah, you'd say, oh, I only want to do this task with it. There's multi-purpose tools. You're not just doing yeah, one task. You don't know what's happening later on. I mean, Excel 2002, for example, you only have about 64,000 rows of data. Yeah. And you think, oh, why do I ever need more than that? Well, you don't until... You do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, anyway, look, it's it, it's interesting. So um, the idea with the subscription model, though, um, also helps the valuation of a company. Yeah, that's important. But I, I'm not sure that's as important for customers as it is for people it's, trying to No, it, it's important for the vendor because if I sell, if I'm a vendor and I sell my product once and hope that in three years' time you're going to buy the new version when I bring it out, yep. you know, I know I've got a bunch of cash now. I hope that sustains me for three years, and I hope you're going to buy the new version. Yeah, I, I think Microsoft always said our biggest competition to a new piece of software was the previous version. That's right, because you may not need all these features and functions that are coming out. Yeah. But at least if you're subscribing, it's just every month you just keep it there. And, you know, it's only a tiny amount you're paying every month, and all your data is stored and all your other applications and things and, are stored. And, so. and it's secure. You know, the, yeah. the, the technology landscape's evolving all the time. So are the threats all the time. The vendors are playing catch up with those threats and patching things and writing things better and, and finding ways to do things faster. But we're also finding ways mm. to do things differently. I'll give you an example. Um, there was years ago a piece of software compression called um, um, Diffie-Hellman software compression. Oh. It was an H. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Pieces of software compression. Yeah. And then the zip format zip came, came out. Um, and then PKWare had all sorts of things going on with Zip. There's now a new form of compression called Brotly. Brotly's a, a, um, a compression algorithm which came out less than 10 years ago. It compresses losslessly so much better than Zip ever did. Wow. It's amazing. We actually use that now in modern web servers. Yeah. That's, and that, that reduces the size on the wire of applications significantly. But if you're still using old stuff, you don't get access to that type of 
It's a real fact. I actually like the fractal compressions myself, but they're, they're just too heavy for the average machine to handle. Anyway, so look, so Microsoft has had its licensing agreements around for a while, and I think everybody well knows, used, used to be on the old box product, that's the little bit of paper in the really tiny two-point font that was stuck on the envelope on the outside. And the license agreement. When I worked at Microsoft, I had the absolute pleasure of working with the Microsoft licensing team on defining one of those. Oh, wow. That was a um, that was an experience. Yeah, that, there's a year of your life gone. Um, uh, certainly, certainly <laughs> probably 120, 130 hours. Wow. And I wasn't drafting it. I was just answering questions. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, it's, a, it's a model. And, of course, now when you sign up to new software online, you know, click here to accept the license agreement. And you think, well, where's the license agreement? And there's a little window. It's like four, four lines high. And then you're trying to scroll through what it could be, a, a, you know, like a thousand-line so, so document a, in there. That's actually a legal term for that clicking. It's got a click wrap. Um, and by that, a vendor can prove in court, and it's been tested, that you agreed to that license agreement, whether mm. you read it or not. Well, that's interesting. In fact, they did one um, in the UK, just talking about license agreements, where they got, um, you know, click here to use this software. And in the license agreement, it says that by signing this license agreement, you agree to give 40 hours of community service. Oh. Right? And they just sold it in a certain area in the UK. And they called these people on it and said, you need to come and do your 40 hours of community service. Um, and some of them took the company to court and lost, and they had to do their community service. Wow, that's amazing! That's why you read license agreements. That was um, that's very interesting. We've come a long way from the old days of the markets in Hong Kong, where for two dollars you can get whatever you wanted. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, there's more money to be made doing it the right way. That's but right. That's I'm just pulling out there. You know, one of the things which scares me as a parent is I have kids who agree to license agreements all the time. Well, and, TikTok or Instagram. Or yeah. Those all have license agreements. You know, you, you, you may find your child becomes, for example, a famous photographer. And all of the photographs they took as kids become part of their portfolio, except they don't. No. Because they shared them on Instagram and are now the property of Instagram. Yes, if you read those, and is this a, most people are sort of half aware of this, but would be quite offended, I think, to some degree if they really thought about it. The, the Facebooks, the Instagrams, the TikToks and whatever, it says, whatever you post, it's theirs. No, exactly. And but it's I, theirs forever. I think, I think you'll find consumer protection is not going to help you a lot there either. No. We've got quite strong consumer protection laws for certain things where you're not paying anything for something. Now, if it's not directly harming you and you've agreed to something... Yeah. You, well, you are, you are, you're not necessarily not paying something, though, but you are obtaining a benefit. Yes, from using the software, regardless of how big or small that benefit is. So anyway, that's, okay. that's reading out. We're not lawyers, right? So you no. should, should take what we say with a pinch of thought. Go talk to a lawyer. But um, yes, that, most lawyers that, would say... That, that'll, that'll help. <laughs> most lawyers you see present go, read the agreement, for I, goodness sake. I did take an agreement to a lawyer once, and they said, okay, which which clause are you wishing to talk about? And I said, well, no, I was hoping you would read it and tell me what it meant. <laughs> but uh, yeah, That's going to be incredibly oh, well. expensive. Okay, so, so... Let's talk about... Microsoft. Okay. Microsoft used to be you get the end user license agreement. Yes. If you were an enterprise, you bought software assurance, which is kind of the maintenance. Thing. Yes. Um, if you are a small business or a home user, you'd buy small business server with five licenses of something, and and that would do you until the point you needed to upgrade. More or less, yeah, yeah. But that's now. that's all changing. Yeah. There's a thing called NCE or the New Commerce Experience. Oh, this sounds scary. Just to let you know about Microsoft licensing. There is a qualification called the Masters of Microsoft Licensing. 
Microsoft licensing is incredibly complex. Um, yeah. I've met people at Microsoft who don't understand Microsoft licensing, so there's lots of them. So it's important to be across it, especially if it's something your business relies on. No, no, it is. And I, I do remember having conversations with Microsoft people. You ask five different people about something at five different answers. They'd all be right. Yeah. Which is and, scary. Well, you've got to also now be careful about breaching your terms with Microsoft, especially if you're using cloud services, ah. because they can be in their rights to turn you off. Yeah. You, I guess they would. No, I guess you've got to be realistic. I mean, if you clearly, if you're in there doing something dodgy and nefarious, that, that sort of makes sense. But if you just, really, that meant that? and 10 people in a room would agree with you, then, yeah, they probably wouldn't, well, but still. One, one example, if you're allowing people in Iran to use your Office 365 Oh, th that's an interesting thing we saw recently. Yes. And North Korea. And, so, uh, the, the, the uh, countries on the sanctions list. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, look, um, but this new commerce experience, so the, the, the structure of the subscriptions is changing. It used to be you'd subscribe and month to month you'd pay and that would be it. Oh, let me caveat that a little bit because I yeah. have read the licensing terms. Ah. You actually subscribe for a year. Yes, that is true. That's true. But Microsoft didn't enforce they it. They were never enforced. That's yeah. correct. Yes, I do remember this. Um, so you used to be able to, if you, if you wanted to, you could subscribe for a few months and then turn it off yeah. and they wouldn't come and say, hey, where's the other nine months? Yeah. yeah. So that's happening now. Um, now, that's led to a bunch of very seasonal organizations, um, and certainly some I've worked with, where they report oh, yes. their licenses to Microsoft at the lowest point, so they have the fewest licenses, but because of big licensing agreements, they can scale up to as many as they want and scale back down, yeah. and as long as on their true update they have this many, they're absolutely fine. Mm. This is one of the things this license agreement is trying to get around. Yeah, this, this is a problem. Um, one of them that, well, it's sort of, it's still, you can still address it. Um, so you get an option now. You can stay month to month, yep. but it's 20% more than it used to be. Yep. You can commit to a year, whether you pay once for the whole year or whether you pay monthly over that year, and you'll be 20% less than the month to month price. And I think in a way that's kind of fair. I, look, I, I don't actually mind it, but you are right in that there are certain organizations, like if you're running a big ski fields business and all of a sudden during ski season, you may have 500 staff yeah. and outside of ski season, you've got 20. How do you license the 480 extras for a short period of time? 20% uplift to be licensed correctly. Yes. Right? But you're only paying that for half the time. Yeah. So you should have, in the old licensing model, you should have actually licensed everyone. True, true. Right. So, and, and this is when we also had other organizations who are global who were saying, well, we're only using the license during like nine to five in Australia. So as the clock spins around to say New York, we'll take those licenses and reallocate them in there so that the the license is not actually actively being used in yeah, two places not, at once. Not a good, not a good no, yeah. I think they got around, they, they, as in they, there was, that was caught on pretty quickly yep. and Yes, as follow the sun licensing didn't really. Yeah, that's dodgy as. Um, but yeah, you know, if you're going to spend that much effort circumventing the license, if you're any oh, size of organisation, it's going to cost you more than the I, license. I don't, I don't think circumvents fair. I think it's uh, as per like taxes, you are legally entitled to pay the least amount that you have to, providing you structure your yeah. resources accordingly. And this is organisations looking at well, concurrent users as different to every user. Concurrently, we may only ever have a third and actually using it at any time. So it's a question for you, right? Um, yeah. I've got my Microsoft licenses. Okay. I don't want them anymore. Can right. I cancel the license agreement? Oh, I, I don't know. I think you, I know with the Microsoft one, you can. 
you have the right to return to Microsoft any mm. materials you have oh, and sorry, cancel actually, your license. I, I know you can up front if you don't agree to the license. I know you can post as well. Right. So you can actually use it, pay your money, etc. You can cancel your license agreement. No money would change hands. Because I, I remember there was a um, there was a court case about this mm. where a, um, a, a a person bought a laptop and they wanted to put Linux on it, but the laptop was only available with, with Windows. Windows. Yep. They said, well, I don't want Windows. Yep. And they said, well, it comes with it. You can't not take it. It's part of the cost of the machine. So when they turn the machine on, it says, you must agree to this license agreement. Otherwise, return the box for a refund. And they returned it for a refund. They said, I don't agree. Yep. And they got, I think it was about $110 back at the time. Yep. That's probably how we have Windows. It, yeah, that. it was yep. about that. Um, US dollars, and this was a while ago, but um, that caused an inordinate amount of problems. And, and really, it shouldn't have happened that way, but... No. Um, you know, it so is lots of vendors will now allow you to get OS less hardware, and that's the proper way to do it, rather yep. than try to spend like ten thousand dollars of labour working around this one but issue. But you, you've just uncovered um, one of the ways Microsoft got as big as they did was they tied up all of the vendors mm. to bundle their software well, in their devices. Well, clearly, if you're buying a PC for enterprise use, if you're and, buying a PC for anything, it's nobody, got, you've got to have a you've got to have something, something on, it. on it. Yeah. Yes, as um, I worked unless it's out. IMSI 8080 and you've got a handcraft in your bootloader. But anyway, that's a yes. whole other... Well, well when I bought my first Apple II in, in Hong Kong, actually, it was that, many, 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 many years ago. an operating system on it. So I found out afterwards because I turned it on and I watched the little lights flash. I watched the drive spin and nothing happened. And I sat there for half an hour watching it and nothing you happened. enter to get the prompt. No, not a sausage. They didn't supply anything. Well, Apple's got a built-in... It's got two operating systems built into Apple. Right, there, there is a BIOS. There's yeah, BASIC, yeah, yeah. and there's the Apple II monitor, which allows you to actually... Uh, anyway, moving on. Anyway, moving, yes. moving on, moving on, moving okay. on. So, yes. so, Microsoft licensing is changing at the moment. So, just talk to your um, license suppliers about what this means and how it affects you. Yep. Um, if you want to commit to one-year terms and one-year renewals, you can pretty much stay the same price as you were. Otherwise, staying monthly, you're going up 20%. Yep. Okay. The alternative, of course, is to just buy something outright. And less and less of that's being available, right? Yeah, it's, it's harder to find now. It's harder to find. People um, want revenue streams. They want to know sitting on that beach in the sand with the waves rolling in, that that hour someone's just paid them 50 bucks I, to I do think, something. I think that's disingenuous. Well, I think It's a pretty good thought. I don't know. <laughs> I think people don't want the liability of you using somebody's software, which is puts your business at risk. Right. Right? So let's say, for example, you bought a... ERP system, right? You're running your manufacturing plant, and you never change it. You never upgrade it. You never patch it. Well, you never do any of those things. Yeah. And then you go offline because you've been hacked, and there's a patch version that you haven't applied. And we've, we've been to customers where they haven't patched things for ages and ages in that perpetual license. Who's liable? I, I would imagine you'd have a dig at the software vendor as well. You might not get anywhere, but you could give it a crack. You can, but I would suggest that your warranty is expired. And if you read the license agreement, there is absolutely no liability no. for anything. Oh, so that's another piece that's in most liabilities, uh, most licenses, which is this um, this product is licensed uh, without any warranty express or implied as yeah. for performance, fitness for purpose, blah, blah, they blah. They don't blah, do blah, anything. Blah. And especially do not use this if you're in the medical industry, yep. if you've got life-sustaining equipment, if you've... Yeah. Yeah, and software has killed people. So I was yeah. I was watching a um, NDC is a worldwide developers conference. I was watching the Copenhagen one, and the very last presentation is a developer talking about 
all of the time software has caused impacts. Oh. From the Mariner 1, right, where the software, instead of looking at a smoothed value, looked, somebody made a mistake. And the, so this number, which was meant to be between zero and minus two and plus two the whole time on someone's console in mission control, suddenly jumped to eight and he hit the big red button and blew the spaceship up. Oh. Right? Because someone had made a software error to the hedge fund that lost a, oh, what was it? $15 billion position because somebody did a bad software upgrade. Right? And these things yep. just go on and on and on. And obviously it's life threatening as well. So you have to read the right. license agreement. So legals then? Yes. I mean, I, this is like in any legal agreement, software, yep. or whatever, there's one thing I look for up front. That's how to get out of it. Yep. Yep. Um, and, and you can. You can write. In, in most cases, you can. And, and I've seen some agreements agreement. recently, though, where you actually cannot cancel the agreement. Wow, that's interesting. Um, the, the vendor can. Uh-huh, but but you there's can't. no provision for wow. the end user to, to cancel the agreement, which means, in theory, you are committing to make payments every year or every whatever in term, line with the terms until the end of the world. Wow. That's kind of cool. We should now, have agreements like that. I don't think any vendor would want to try to enforce that, but the concept is that's a poorly written agreement. Yes. Anyway. But again, people signing it because they're not reading it. They, they are. They are. Um, so, in the, I'll say in the old days, but it's not, that's not really fair. There was a, there's an organization uh, called, with a big stick. With a big stick called the Business Software, Software Alliance, Alliance, the BSA. Yep. And it's funded by a lot of the larger vendors. Originally funded by Lotus, Microsoft, and Intel. Uh, and Adobe? Adobe, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they were, um, they existed to go and find all these organizations that were not correctly licensing or had not paid for their software. Yeah. And this was a lot easier, like you know, twenty years ago or ten years ago, where there's no license keys or it's just yeah, you just copy the software and people it's and they don't understand that it's oh, that's not. Well, we we built we built a system when I, back in two thousand five, um, when I worked for Dimension Data to do software license management for large enterprises. Mm. We used to do enormous software management for those. And that's so, and it's, it's a complex. It is a complex area. It is. But there's a difference between. Um, we thought we'd done the right thing and we've got a software license system in place and it's tracking all these numbers and it seems to not have counted this one properly sort of thing, honest, an honest error, versus um, I've gone off and copied this software and put it on 20 machines and only paid for one. Now, I get it. BSA's still around though, but I think they're they going to hit you if you're a larger enterprise. They're not going to come talking yeah. to the littlies like they used to. I, I also think the issue is a lot less than it was because things like, for example, Microsoft 365, yep. software is licensed to a user now Yes. Or an account. And if the account is on, you get, you know, like, and if their you don't, mail you don't is pay, there. they turn it off. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not licensed anymore. It yeah. just doesn't work anymore. So yeah. that, that's that part. Um, yeah. So that's cool. That's the BSA. Now, we've spent a whole bunch of time talking about what we in the industry call COTS commercial off the shelf software. Yes. Stuff from Microsoft stuff from Adobe, blah, blah, blah. There's a whole nother great unwashed marketplace of software. And that's the open source. Yeah. Uncommercial off the shelf software. Well, not necessarily. There's lots of. Oh, commercial actually, open source. That's fair too. Products. Um, but open source is a little bit different in that you can at least, depending on the license agreement, read all the source code. And you can, depending on the license agreement, copy it. And you can, depending on the yeah. license agreement, use it for free. Now, the, there's a number of these license agreements. Um, the, um, the MIT one, I think I like the most. It's my favorite. It's because yeah. it's like two sentences, one sentence. It's uh, one sentence. One sentence. And it basically says, you're free to do whatever you want. There's no warranty. Yeah. 
As right. in, here it is, use it, don't use it, we don't care. But be, if it breaks, careful, don't come back to us. But be careful, though, because even under the MIT license, the software is still copyright. Oh, yes. Someone else. Yes. Now, you have the right to create a derivative, derivative work, right? and that's fine, but you can't take that software and go, it's mine, no. it's mine. You what have you, to change it. That's right. What you can do, though, is say, I've included that software in my product, yep. and I now have a page at the back of my documentation that says, hey, I've used this bit of software. I'm free so, to use it, but so I'm, you, I'm referencing you, the author. You'll, you'll find that on your phone. If you go into settings, oh, yeah, blah, blah, that's blah, right. all these software licenses appear yes. of all the bits they've used. In a two-point font. <laughs> that's a bit bigger than that. But, <laughs> but that's important to think about. If you get software which doesn't include that, then I suggest that's got to be a red flag mm. because everything relies on other stuff. Nobody builds software in a vacuum. And, and this is the clause that says um, you can download all the details here. If you can't do that, send $10 to this address yep. and we'll mail you a physical copy of yep. whatever licenses yep. and things are in use. So that's the MIT license. It's one of my favorites. But there's lots. There's hundreds of open yeah, source yeah, yeah, yeah. licenses. There's one which is a bit gnarly, though. Yeah. It's Tell us about that one. AGPL license. Okay. What's a that? AGPL license is, is kind of it's what's known as a copyleft license rather than a copyright license. Excellent. It says open source is free, not as in free beer. Right? <laughs> It's free. You can look at it and you can use it. If you use AGPL software in yours um, and you'll use it under an AGPL license, you have to immediately make all of your source open source right. as well under the same license. Ooh. So, so, so if I find someone's code yep. and it does exactly what I want to do, it's going to save me like thousands of hours of effort. And I see that. So I'm just going to plug that into my application. If it's AGPL, you immediately have to open source your software. I've got to take all the code I wrote and yep. make it available. Because you'll normally well. find people who license their open source software under the AGPL also have a commercial version. Ah. So what you do in that case is you go and pay for the commercial version because it saved you thousands of hours. So it's a business case to do it. Right. And you pay for it. Yep. It's way more expensive if you do that after the fact than at the beginning with a yes, lot of these guys. That makes sense. Now, now, what happened with Elasticsearch and Amazon? Uh, that's interesting. So Elasticsearch came out kind of nowhere. It's, a, it's what they call a NoSQL database. And it suddenly became really useful in a systems management capacity. Okay. For managing logs, basically, of lots of systems all over the place. And so Amazon decided to use it in their product set, and they liked it so much they did what they call they forked it. They created a copy of this open source product, and they changed it. They created a derivative work, and they called it Amazon, Amazon Elasticsearch, or AWS Elasticsearch. Right. And they charged for it. And they charged for it. But <laughs> Which, they, were, they were hosting it. They were perfectly it. allowed to charge for it. They're, they're, they're allowed to charge for they're it. They're also supporting it, so they're allowed to charge yes. for it. Yes, but it right. does seem... A little off, doesn't it? Here's, here's a whole bunch of developers around the world that have contributed all their stuff to keep this free and open source. And, so, and some big companies come along and says, "Oh, that looks nice. I'm going to take that and charge for it." But there's nothing stopping me taking that and building a product no, and I charging for the product. The issue really comes because it was Amazon and because they're really big. Yeah. And now Elasticsearch themselves have no route into all those Amazon customers because they're going to use the Amazon one instead. That's really where they got cranky. Yeah, okay, that's, that's fair. But it, but it is what it is. Um, but yes, that was an interesting one, and it's caused Elasticsearch to strongly consider using the AGPL license themselves. Because they weren't using that before, were yeah, they? No, they weren't. They're MIT. Yes. So we talked a little bit about license management tools before. Yep. But yep. This, and this sort of links into auditing tools. Um, if you don't know what licenses you have, 
there are tools you can put on your network that will go around and check what's actually installed and what's in use. So, so first of all, you should know what you have. Yeah, right? you should, but... You know, it, you know, what I'm saying is, if you don't, you'll need to get a tool. If you've got a register that's up to date, you don't need I, to do anything. In a good I would think you would need a tool to do this anyway. There's lots of easy ways to do it. And you can think, like, I've bought 10 copies of Office, I've bought this and this and this, I've got 12 licenses of that, whatever, I don't know. But you don't know that someone's taken a laptop home, installed some yeah. software from somewhere... Just, oh, click, 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 oh, look, it installed, yes, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, you're now running some software on your network that may or may not be good. Well, you also got things like someone in a marketing department, for example, will go and subscribe to Trello or Monday.com or one of these ah, online things. The shadow IT discussion. It, it suddenly appears in the business. And shadow IT, I think, is cool, except when it comes to licensing. Mm. Because then that person paying on their credit card leaves the organization, payments stop, the service gets cut off, the day it stops working, everybody goes, oh, where's this? Because all the alerts have been going to well, her and she doesn't exist anymore. And suddenly you're in a world of pain. Now, if you ever wondered, if you found a bit of software on the internet, like here's a nice little SaaS application. You go on there and you say, we have lots of users. And you see all these big corporate logos scrolling across the bottom. Saying, oh, look at all these companies that are using this software. Yeah. And what is that? That means one person in that organization has, has gone online, with their credit card. Yep. even a trial, has gone online and said, I'm going to try this out. And then when you look into the license agreement they agreed to, it says, by signing up to our platform, we can use your corporate logo. You agree yep. to allow your corporate logo to be used. Yep. And you can be a reference site for us. So it's important to know what software you're using to know what reference sites you're Yeah, and all of a sudden, your, your own corporate logo appears on someone else's website. And, well, we're not using that. I said, well, actually, one person did once for an hour. And that's yeah. enough. A year ago. Yep. <laughs> so, all right. So, I've been sitting here. I'm a business owner. I've been listening to all this stuff about licensing. Um, I get there's probably lots I don't know. And there's lots we haven't covered. What should you do? Where, where do you go the, from here? The, the reality is you need to know what software is in use in your business. Yep. So, um, if you're working with a managed service provider, they would likely have some sort of a, a management agent or a bit of software on every machine. Yep. It can do, in most cases, license auditing. It can go and find all these applications and report back to the central server, the central management server, and your MSP can produce a report for you that says, here are all the software applications you have in use. So, so kind of you guys do that for all of your clients yeah. all the time, right? Yeah, we, we produce lists, and you know, it's, and some of the software is going to be things like, um, oh, it's uh, like a, Adobe Reader. It's free, yeah. for example. Okay. Well, have it's you no read the cost. license agreement? I have not. No, you should. I, I, Let's I, move I, on. I, I, I don't have that on my bucket list, I must admit. Um, but um, it's, um, and there'll be other software, but there'll also be, th you'll find things like, oh, what's this? What's that? And one could be, that's not appropriate for using, you know, in our organization. Let's, let's get rid of it. Another thing could be, how did we license that? How's it being paid for? Do we yep. understand where this is all coming from? And the paid for bit, as you said before, is important because when it stops working all of a sudden, Who's, where's it? Who's this? Oh, the billing account. Who has the billing account? We don't know. They left. Great. What credit card was it? We don't know. We can't get into the billing account. So we can't get into <laughs> the billing account because we're not an admin anymore and that person's left and we deleted their email account so we can't recover the password. So now we have lost a bunch of corporate information and, and, and data. And in the meantime, the business has stopped from using that yep. app. Very annoying. Absolutely. 
That was really interesting, Scott. There's lots to think about there. It is. There's a lot more to this. I mean, in some respects, it's not always the most exciting topic, but you've got to stay on top of this just to have good operational awareness yep, and uh, good business management every now and then. Cool. Excellent. Oh, thank you. Thank you, well, Nick. That was awesome. If you do like what you've heard or watched, um, please leave us a like. Um, make sure you subscribe wherever you found this. Um, and certainly if you'd like us to chat about something, leave a comment and we'll pick up that topic and run it through in the next wind down. Thank you so much for listening, watching and being here with us today. Thank you. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye.